0: Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. Lord, thank you that you love to speak to us. And Father, I pray that you take my words today. Lord, just breathe your life and speak with each of us. Amen. So thank you so much, Church, for all the the feedback that we've had on our Hebrews series and on our Big Question Sunday last week. If you missed either of those two talks, do go back and have a look at them. They were absolutely fantastic. And um, it's been a great great start to to 2021 here at Christchurch. But today we're pausing really for a moment for me to share a bit of my heart really and for us as a church to begin the process over this year of reflecting upon our vision as we then look to keep moving forward with God. So, next week we'll be starting a fresh uh, teaching series and we'll be in the Gospel of John as we head towards Easter, which will be wonderful. But today we're pausing and I don't know if my PowerPoint's going to work, but if it does, the first slide hopefully will come up on the screen. Because in our study notes, really helpfully, you can find those online as Richard showed earlier, we've got a few questions just to help us as we go through the process of reflecting on our vision and reflecting on where we want to go. And uh, they're there for you to kind of look at and take at, and perhaps to do on your own, and also perhaps to do in your small group together, and to be feeding back to the church leadership and the PCC as we talk together as a church. But they start just very quickly with saying, looking back on where God has taken us, knowing what our story is, where we've come from, setting aside time to pray. Well, that's what we're really stressing in Lent, a season of just praying and seeking God. Searching for confirmation from the scripture. As a church, we want to be totally rooted in the scriptures. Being wise and discerning what God's doing with, with other Christians as well as just us. We're not, we're not an island, we belong to a body of Christ that spans the whole world. Seeking unity, being people that, um, you know what, I want to be in a church where we can really disagree on things in love, respecting one another, but seeking unity around the core things of our faith. Seeking unity, that doesn't mean us all being exactly the same on everything, but it means us being united around following Jesus and seeking the glory of God the Father. We want to rely on the Holy Spirit and walk in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so as we go forward as a church, we don't want to be a church that um, responds and reacts out of fear, but out of faith. And at times that will be terrifying. Um, so as I've been reflecting a little bit on the vision, there's been some things that have stood out to me and uh, just going to share the things that have stood out to me very quickly. Um, one is the strap line that is talking to our church about who we are. And it goes gather, grow, give. And I find this strap line really, really helpful and one that I want to continue us to kind of lean in and walk in together as a church because it helps us understand what we're about We want to gather people in, not just because it's lovely to have a full church, which of course it is, but but just at the heart of that, we want more and more people to be worshipping God. So of course we want to gather together and worship. We want to be his bride. We want to grow. We want to be people that grow in depth of the word. It was really interesting in our our small group this week, we ended up looking at a passage in Isaiah 55 which talks about um, God's word going out. And it talks about it sometimes being like rain, like it sometimes sprinkles us and just drenches us and refreshes us immediately. And other times it's like snow, it sits with us for a while and then it melts at some point. And that's when we then feel its refreshing, rippling, dripping effects on us. And we want to be a church that's growing in depth of the word, in and out of season. There's Sometimes we're like, oh yeah, it's great, God's word is amazing, I'm totally getting loads from it. And other times we're just going through it. But when we're going through it, it's like snow. We want to be people of God's word. And growing too into being a healing community, I really sense a call of God on our church to be a place of healing, healing in its broadest sense, to be a place where people can encounter the spirit of God and be transformed. And then give. We want to continually be a church that's generous and gives away. We've got various uh, projects. We've got our two beacons on the green. I think God's not telling us to slow down or stop particularly, but to keep going forwards with using these wonderful provisions that God's given us. And it's exciting to see how that is going to develop. And I think finally, the last thing I'm just going to say very quickly around our vision and, and values is that we want everybody here to play. We're the whole church family, all of us together. But we do have a paid-for staff team, and we have one because the huge majority of us are actually incredibly busy in the work that God has called us to do Outside of the church, and therefore, we can't serve in a toddler group midweek, or we can't necessarily do all that we would to help, and therefore, we pay some people to help us with some of the things that we cannot give time to, and that's really significant. But I'd love to see us keep growing in unity together with the congregation and the staff team, and of course, that does need our funding and our giving too. Where we may not be able to give time when we're busy, there is a call for us to give our finance to allow the mission of the church to continue through the week in the community. I think this year, in part, is going to have a bit of a mix of pausing time and going time. I think there's many of us that are quite tired and we need to rest. I hope that all the parents this week get a chance to breathe. But I think all of us, whatever life stage we're at, whatever family circumstance we've been put in, whatever home we're living in, to some extent or another, will have been affected by this pandemic. And aspects of it have been exhausting for us. Just managing living at this time has been tiring. And we need to take some time to really rest in God's presence to really be refreshed to be still to be able to receive that deep deep refreshment from God and then I think there's going to be other aspects of our church life where we want to go and we go go right we need to go with this now it's time to move forward with this and so I think there's going to be a mixture of resting and going A few uh, years ago, I had the privilege of having a sabbatical time and um, some lovely Christian people lent me their house in the Peak District. I didn't really uh, know these people, so it was very kind of them. And they lent it to me to go there to have some time to pray and uh, be with God on my own. And the house was right at the start of the Monsal Trail, which, if you know the Peak District, is a huge, long trail that takes you right through uh, a big part of the Peak District. And it's a flat trail. It's old, sort of disused uh, railway lines that it's been built on. And it's about, I don't know, an eight and a half mile walk from the start to the finish. So I thought, I'm going to walk the trail. It's quite an easy walk because it's flat, but, you know, a decent length. And I'm going to walk right from one end to the other, and then I'm gonna walk back again. But it was January, and I, so I knew that that was going to be, what, 17 miles I was going to walk, and that I wanted to stop in Bakewell at the end, of the, sort of nearer the end of the trail, and explore Bakewell, and so I wanted to leave like a good length of time for me to complete this in one day. But I didn't really want to be walking back in the pitch dark. And it gets dark early. Um, So I thought, I'd better start early. So actually, I'll start in the dark. And so I got up really early and uh, started in the pitch dark. And I hadn't walked the trail before. And what I hadn't really realised, which obviously is obvious to everyone who has done it, is that there's huge tunnels along the trail. And they do have lights in the tunnel, but obviously the lights get turned on at a certain point in the day. And clearly I had started my walk before the lights of the tunnel got turned on. And uh, as I approached one tunnel, I realised this was going to be really very, very long. But I was like, I've got so far in my walk now, I'm just going to go for it. And so I entered this tunnel in darkness. And it was sort of okay because I could see the light behind me. And then I could sort of... uh, begin to kind of see that, that that was okay. There was going to be light somewhere coming at the other end. I'd just kind of try and keep my head forward and keep walking. But there came a point in the tunnel where there was a bend. And just for the briefest of time, I was in utter darkness. And it was difficult and felt very strange. But as I kept my head forward, remembering that there was light... I kept going and of course eventually could see the light coming in at the other end of the tunnel where I was headed. And as we have times of disorientation, times of darkness, we need something to fix on. And like I fixed on the light at the end of that tunnel that was to come, even in the moment when I couldn't see it, I knew it was there. As I fixed on that, we as Christians have got to turn and fix our eyes on God. For many of us, this will feel like a time of disorientation and of darkness. And I want to encourage us today to fix our eyes on God. And that's exactly what Habakkuk does in his book. You see, the book of Habakkuk's about a prophet of God who's finding life very disorientating. There's stuff that's wrong with the world. And instead of sort of hiding from that, he takes that straight to God. And you see, living by faith doesn't mean blindly ignoring our questions. Living by faith is about taking our questions, taking our wrestles to God. And you know when you seek god it doesn't necessarily mean that you get like a neat tidy clean answer but you do have contact with god you see you can't wrestle with god without having contact with god and that does something incredibly profound because actually as you wrestle with god you end up emerging with greater faith And this is what is happening in the book of Habakkuk and what I want to be encouraging us into as we head through this season that we're in. And Habakkuk does two really significant things I'm going to talk about quite briefly now that really, I think, speak to us as the church now and where we're at. And does two things I think we should mimic and do as well. And the first thing Habakkuk does is lament. Lamenting is an act of faith, and Habakkuk makes two types of lament. The first one goes like this. How long, O Lord? How long? I wonder what your how long, O Lord, cry is. For Habakkuk, it was about uh, the leaders in Judah at the time averting justice. How long, O Lord, are you going to allow leaders that are unjust? How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord, are you going to let this pandemic go on for? Perhaps your how long, O Lord, is about sickness, about finance, about relationship. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? an incredible example of um, a mum in North Africa called Monica, whose how long, O Lord, prayer was over her son who was lost from the faith. Her son spent most of his adult life deliberately walking in the opposite direction to his mother's prayers. How long, O oh Lord? Please let him turn to you. And she kept praying, and she kept praying, and she kept praying. And he kept running in the opposite direction of her prayers. The life of the intellectuals and the university, the party scenes, the work life, he kept running in the opposite direction. How long, O oh Lord? She kept on praying. Of course, this is Saint Monica that I'm speaking about and her son, Saint Augustine, the great theologian, great pillar in our Christian faith who ended up writing so many powerful works about God. He did eventually turn to faith and credits his mother's input and her ongoing prayers. What's your how long, O Lord? And are you taking your how long to him? The second type of lament that we see Habakkuk uh, bringing to God is in uh, chapter 1, verses 12 to 13. Um, And what's happened is that God has allowed an even more wicked nation to come and deal with the wicked one that's there. And Habakkuk kind of essentially cries out to God saying, How could you? So instead of now how long, how could you, God? It's a bit like um, the, the famous story, you know, of the old woman who swallowed the fly. And then to get rid of the fly, she swallows the spider. And to get rid of the spider, she swallows the bird. And it's like one problem is replaced by another bigger problem. That's what's happening at this point in the book of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk's going, God, how could you? How could you? And so he laments, how long, O Lord, And how could you? But we need to understand something really, really important about lament. As the prophet laments in verse 12 of chapter 1, we see the prophet do something really, really important. He appeals directly to God's character. So he says, everlasting God. Holy God, how could you send, how could you allow another evil to deal with an evil? He appeals to God's character. And his appeal is based on a confidence in God's character. And this is where lament is very, very different from how we understand complaint complaint and complaining brings an accusation you start in your complaint from a place of utter assurance that you are right in what you are saying and you bring an accusation lamenting is an appeal on god based on the confidence in god's character and so, lament ends up being an incredibly helpful tool for us as Christians. Because, can you see for a minute what lamenting does? Lamenting means that we don't need to act like everything is okay when it's not. Lamenting allows us to bring the emotions and questions that we have to God, but it also means that we don't need to turn our backs on God. Lamenting is about taking a wrestle to a God I trust in, and therefore lamenting is an act of faith. Lamenting is a really important gift for us at the moment. Now, obviously, in uh, the book of Habakkuk, we have... um, An interesting thing that happens, he basically laments, then God answers him. He laments, God answers him, and then he ends with a final word. And um, I love the very final bit of Habakkuk, because basically he kind of goes, chop, chop, let's get the band together again. Come on, let's get the harps out. Let's get the stringed instruments out. Come on, let's get to it. We're getting, getting our praise on now, guys. Because the second thing that Habakkuk teaches us is, yes, lament is an act of faith, but also praise is an act of faith. Praise is rooted in the revelation of God, who is is based on what God has done. Praise is rooted in the revelation of who God is, based on what God has done. And so in chapter 3, verse 2, we get those quite famous words. They've come up in worship songs. I've heard of your fame, God. I've heard of your fame. Now, will you please do the things you've done before in our time? And essentially Habakkuk saying, we know the stories, God. We know that you led us out of Egypt, that you rescued us, that you walked us through the sea, that you parted. We know that you um, brought down the walls of Jericho. We know that you have acted and worked in history, in power, and we praise you for it. And our praise isn't rooted in some sort of wishful thinking. You're not a God who's a fairy in the sky. You're a real God who's revealed yourself in your acts on earth. Praise isn't a fluffy thing. It's rooted in God's character that is revealed by God's actions. And it's really interesting in our Bible, isn't it, that we don't have, as Christians, a Bible that lists the attributes of God. You don't open it at the first page and it's God is almighty, God is holy, God is pure. Of course, he is all those things and it says all those things in the Bible. But primarily, the Bible is a book about the acts of God in the real historical space. Habakkuk like the rest of God's people, rehearsed the Passover. They remembered and they cried out to God, work in our time too. And they praised God. See, what does that mean for us today, church? Well, I think God's calling us to both lament at this time, but also to step out and praise. For us, We have Jesus. We know about Jesus. He came in the flesh, he lived, died and rose again. He was and is God's greatest revelation to the world. Jesus is our reason to praise. Together this Lent we're reading through Matthew's Gospel in our daily prayers. Next week we'll be into the book of John because we're rehearsing the story of Jesus. We're knowing it and living it and breathing it. And in Holy Week we'll rehearse the key events of our Christian faith to remember them, to cause us to turn to praise in God and to celebrate together what he has done. When we look at Jesus, we see this incredible thing because we see actually how he lamented as he walked the earth. He knew the questions that grief throws up. We see in John 11 so beautifully that encounter at Lazarus' grave where he weeps because his friend has died and there's so much that's wrong and sad and difficult and he weeps. He joins us in lament. But Jesus is the way out of lament, too, for he knows the path through the pain and suffering. He knows the path of resurrection, and so he is the reason for our praise. In resurrection, he shows us what God is like, and this is it. God does not let death have the final word. God does not let sin win. God is the God who sets things right, who wipes every tear away, who will restore, will redeem, will pay back what the locusts destroy. And that is why we can praise him even when the fig tree doesn't blossom Even if the worst things happen, we can praise him because they will not be the last thing. And as a church, that is the most fabulous news. That if we can get hold of that and really live that out, what hope that is for our world. And so as a local church here, just on a local level in West London over the coming months, we're going to need to both lament and praise together. Both healthy lament and healthy praise will be really important for us as we begin to recover and and grieve and share and proclaim hope to our community as we keep going forward. I had a a lovely email from someone at the the 9.30 congregation sharing with me about one of the ladies in our prayer diary. He's actually moved to Taiwan, but is still on our our systems here, still connects with us online. And uh, she was in Taiwan and she was sharing that she's there now and um, they have less uh, restrictions than we have there and her father, who she's been praying for for many years, he's come to faith. She's been able to be involved in that, and he got baptised. And as we were having this email exchange, we were celebrating together because we remember her coming into Christ Church. We remember her being discipled. She remembers dear Martha. She remembers the people here being so important in her life, in her spiritual journey, in giving her hope. And she's taken that back to her community in Taiwan and was able to celebrate her father's baptism. As a church, we hold this hope. And so we want to continue to gather to grow, and to keep giving it away. And so this Lent, will you pray with me? Where you need to just rest and get refreshed, please take your rest time. Where God might be stirring you ready to keep going, to call us onwards, let's go. Let's go with him in this mission of hope that we have to extend to this community and beyond. So let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, minister to your church. Reset us if our hope has drifted away from you in any way in this season. And help us to fix our eyes on you again. Thank you that even... Even if the very worst of things happen, they are not ever the last thing. Thank you that we can trust you and we can live the resurrected life now and into the world to come. Come, Holy Spirit, minister to us. Refresh us in the very heart of the good news. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.